This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 28, Rewriting Your Life Story. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. right, my friends. Happy May. I hope that it's nice and warm where you're at because it's finally gotten warm here and I am loving it. Now, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or not. I think I may have, but in our bathroom window on our second story, we had a robin lay four robin eggs. And this past week, all four of them hatched and we're trying to give them as much privacy as possible. But it's so fun to watch them and to see all of the signs of spring coming about. And they're so fluffy. Like they look like little aliens with all this little fluff and down in the nest. So it's been really fun. Okay. Well, today, this podcast is going to be all about the way you tell the story about your life or even parts of your life. And if you don't like how you feel about how you tell the story, I'm going to tell you exactly how to change up any of it. Now that's the beauty of post-traumatic growth and all about what I talk about in this podcast and with my clients. You're capable of creating, designing, and crafting a life you absolutely love, not despite the incredible challenges that have, challenges that have happened to you, but because of everything you've gone through. You have gone through terrible parts Now it's time to leverage that and launch you into seeing just how amazing, worthy, capable, and loved you truly are. Okay, so I thought I'd start out with an example. This past week, I met with the most incredible coach. Her name is Karen Warden, and she typically coaches people around HR. And I was telling her this very drawn out, very dramatic story about my childhood and people that... I was judging like even to this day and how other people agreed with me and how this person was so terrible doing this thing and this person and that person and how I was just the victim of all of this. And it was just such a painful story for me and one that I really believe and believed, not anymore, thank heavens, but a lot of people around me, they would tell you the same thing, like this is just how it was. And Karen looked at me through the Zoom screen <laughs> And she said, well, why are you telling the story that way? And it just hit me. Like, why was I? Because I was being so judgmental of these people in my life. And in the end, all I was doing was creating judgment for myself, for my experience. I wasn't growing from that. I wasn't getting any better. And so as she was talking about that, I was like, Why do I not give myself permission to see the full effect of all of these people in my life? How incredible the experiences that I've had with them too. And how am I using the people in my life to create a living legacy right now and launch me into the next version of myself? And so it was so incredible. Just that one question, why are you telling the story that way? 
took me from this victim mentality, this place where everything had happened to me, to this empowered place where I got to be the author of the story. I got to be the one that was calling the shots and really using these things to fuel my present and create an incredible future. So my question for you is if you have something in your life where there's this story where you're judging people, you don't want them to show up the way that they are, whatever it is, why are you telling the story that way? Why are you casting yourself as the victim and the people around you as the villains? Because they're not. The 50-50 tells us that there's opposition in all things and includes people too. People can create circumstances in our life that we're going to view as either positive or negative, but they're not 100% negative. So why are you focusing on that? And now part of it, I had to do a lot of healing. I had done some healing before then and done a lot of forgiving. And so I was ready to move on from an empowered place. But I went from this judgmental place that that story was creating judgment for me to a place of being empowered, to recognizing that I get to tell the story where everybody wins. Okay, I also had a great experience. I've talked about her before with one of my other coach friends, Michelle Fournier. And one of the things that she talks about is partnering with what's possible and to stop fighting for your excuses and your limitations. And I find that I do that so many times. I'm like, well, I can't do this because X, Y, and Z, instead of thinking about what's possible. The easiest way for me to see this is in my training as I'm moving forward to do a triathlon that I haven't done in 10 years. And so instead of thinking about, oh, this is going to hurt, this isn't going to feel good, I'm partnering with the possibility that I can unlearn the pain, the physical pain that I have experienced, and I can run pain-free. And actually, after this story, this very painful story I was telling, I went and ran the next day for two miles straight without any pain because the physical pain is being caused in some ways by the way that we tell stories. And when we heal that emotional pain, it impacts and affects our physical bodies too. Okay, so I want to give you another example. My sister and I lived next to each other while our husbands were both getting their PhDs in Michigan. And it was such an incredible experience. I loved it. She had five kids. We've got four cousins were always playing together. It was incredible. Now, we knew that going into the PhD, my husband had a guaranteed job afterwards because he's in the Air Force. My sister did not have that guarantee because her husband is a civilian. And so they went in and they weren't sure how they were going to get a job, where they were going to end up moving, throw COVID wrenches into things. Like it got a little dicey there at the end. And there were many talks about oh, this is really challenging. I don't know how we're going to move forward. I don't know where we're going to live, all of this. And I kept reminding her during this time, like, what if it works out even better than you could have ever imagined? And like in that moment, she maybe didn't like that coaching so much, but it did kind of shift the story that she was telling, this story of lack and not enough, and it's not going to work out. And 
I fully believed in it. I fully believed that they were going to find something that was even more amazing than they could have imagined. And as they got closer to getting more job interviews and doing different steps, accepting a job interview, and then the trying to find a house to live in, and they just had things that would happen that she was putting forth an enormous amount of effort for sure, but she also had faith that it was going to work out. And at the end of it, once they had found their house and they were starting to get settled in, she did tell me, it's kind of like, it's better than I could have ever imagined. And so I just want to be asking you, what is happening in your life that you have a lot of fear around that you are wondering, like, could it, could it possibly be better than what I'm imagining is going to happen right now? So I was getting coached around getting a kidney transplant and getting on the kidney transplant list in back in 2000, oh goodness, it was a while ago, 2018. And my kidney function was getting pretty terrible. And the transplant team was looking to do a fistula and they were saying, you should really start to ask people to get tested. And I had a lot of fear about that. I didn't want to ask anybody because I didn't want anybody to have to go through a surgery for me. I have learned a lot about receiving since then, but at that time, I felt like it was too big of an ask. And I was also worried that even if I did ask that nobody would step up to get tested. And so I was just in a lot of denial around the whole situation. And I was talking to my my coach about it and she reminded me that I didn't need a hundred kidneys that I just needed one. It was possible for me to just be open to however that would happen for me. Now, fast forward a few months later, I did get a call to get a kidney transplant in July of 2018. And I had just started to ask people to get tested. And I was put to the top of the list because I was so highly sensitized. At the time, I did not have any idea how difficult it would be to match me. In fact, it wasn't until after I'd had the transplant and gone through the whole, the whole ordeal of the, of the surgery that I recognized why I had been put at the top of the list. It's because I had 99% antibodies built up to the general population. So my body would physically reject 99% of the kidneys offered to me. And I didn't know that at the time. I think it would have given me so much more fear for sure, but even though there was complications after my kidney transplant, I am alive and doing really well right now. And so I want, I wish that I could go back and talk to that 2018 version of Shelby back. I think it was probably like early 2018 and just reiterate to her, this could turn out even better than you could have ever imagined. Because in my mind, I was just telling the story over and over again of how I didn't need a kidney. Like I said, I was really in denial. I'll just wait until there's till there's kidney, like artificial kidneys. That's when I'll get my kidney transplants, which I have not held up. I still hold out hope that we can come to that medical breakthrough, but I just wasn't prepared for what was going on in front of me. And so I was telling these terrible stories to myself about how I would not be able to find a kidney, how I would just be on the transplant list forever. And it just, it wasn't a very good time in my life for me mentally and emotionally because 
my organ system was giving out. I really wasn't feeling well. And I was trying to care for four young children, practically newborn baby, and my husband going through a PhD at the same time. It was a lot. But after I was able to receive that transplant, I could look back because I didn't understand all the obstacles. And now I can see it's better than I could have ever imagined because I let myself be open to the process. So brains, they just want to solve a problem. They want to find out where's their danger? What do I need to avoid? That's what my brain was trying to do. My brain was like, let me just avoid all of this stuff with the kidney transplant. That's how we'll solve the problem, which doesn't work in the long term because the problem is still there. So as your brain is getting, is so good at scanning for danger, scanning for problems, you really want to be focusing on what is the problem that I want to give my brain to solve? Now, there's some questions that you can ask yourself that your brain will go to work trying to solve that problem. One of them is, what's wrong with me? (laughs) You give your brain that question and that problem to solve, and your brain is going to come up with all of the things that are wrong with you, all of the ways that you could have done stuff better, and all of the ways that you could have prevented any discomfort in your life that you've experienced in the past, or you're experiencing now, or you're going to experience in the future. That is not a helpful question to ask. What's wrong with me? Because we are human. We have so many things that we can work on. So many opportunities for growth, as one of my friends likes to put it. We have strengths and opportunities. And if you put your brain to work trying to figure out what's wrong with you, you're not going to end up in a place where you're telling a good story about what you're going through. Now, I also like to think about stories as if you're just having like kind of a vanilla life where things are just very humdrum and it's all the same, like our brains get bored with that too. Like you wouldn't go to the movie theater and watch a movie about somebody that just goes through their normal life and like no challenges and nothing exciting. No, you want to watch something that's got a lot of drama. You think it's going to go this way, but then something else happens over here. And how do they come together? And they solve all of the problems. And then it looks like, oh my goodness, they're not going to be able to solve the problem. It looks like it's the end. It's doomed for them. It's a climax of the movie. And then there's the resolution where they do get what they want, or they get something different that they didn't know they needed. So that's the kind of story that your brain wants to tell too. It's very exciting. And so one of the ways that I like to think about how am I curating and creating this new story, this new narrative for me, is what are the quality of the questions that I'm asking myself? Like I said, if I'm asking myself perpetually what's wrong with me, it's not going to lead to a very exciting story. It's just going to be like, oh, okay, more of the same. You kind of screw up here. You don't do really good right here. Let's go down a shame spiral and then let's do nothing and watch Netflix and and sit on the couch and, and try to just avoid our brain because our vo- my brain is telling me so many terrible things. So not a great question. So let me share with you some of the questions that I have asked myself that have helped me to rewrite the narrative and to help me tell the story that I actually want to be telling, a story that's worth listening to, a story that's worth living. So one of them, because I had a kidney transplant, is God gave me a second chance. What will I do with it? 
I love this question because my brain wants to answer it. Ooh, what will I do with it? It gets me into this creation mode. Because really, when I'm asking a question, my brain wants to answer it. And my brain is going to answer, what will I do with it? With all different kinds of expansive ideas. And that creates creativity for me. Here's another question I like. How do I want to feel? So often, we feel like we're at the effect of your emotions. It felt like it was happening to me. No, it wasn't happening to me. I was feeling that emotion of overwhelmed because I was thinking there's so much to do and I'll never be able to finish it all. It's seriously that simple. And when I recognize that I'm not supposed to finish it all, I'm actually supposed to prioritize. I don't need to say yes to everything. I'm only gonna say yes to the things that matter the most to me. That's when I got all of my power back because how did I want to feel? I started asking myself that question. How do I want to feel? And I was like, you know, I want to feel confident. I want to feel committed. I want to feel determined. I want to feel grateful. Because once I started cultivating those emotions, my story got really interesting. The story about my life, the way that I told it to people, it turned everything around. Okay, another question that I asked is, where do I want to be? I've always been somebody that's very goal-oriented. I went through high school, tried to take the hardest classes, get into college, go through. I, I knew right away I wanted to be a speech therapist. I knew that that required a graduate degree. And then after the graduate degree, it required an internship. And I had to study for a, a really difficult test. All of these things I knew that I needed to do. And so I... I knew where did I want to be. I wanted to be a practicing speech therapist at that moment when my 18-year-old self had, actually my 17-year-old self picked up that, which I'm very grateful because I have loved everything that I've learned from that profession. But as my life circumstances have changed, so have my desires. So when I ask myself, where do I want to be now, it looks a little different. I'm like, I've got four kids. I've got preschool, elementary, middle, and high schooler. So where do I want to be in 10 years from now? What do I want my life to look like? Do I want to be living close to them? Where do we want to retire to? Do we want to go overseas? All of that is creating this story narrative that I'm telling about my future that I'm starting to create right now because I'm setting up for what is going to happen. Okay, one of my other very favorite questions that I have started to ask myself is what does success look like for me? What does it look like to me? Now, because I have goals and I have decided what I want to do and who I want to be, I want to be a life coach for people with kidney transplants and other big life challenges. What does success look like to me? Success looks like to me, it it depends on the day, but if I am worried about, oh, am I going to fail? Which is a question I used to ask myself all the time. Now, I am going out and doing things to further myself in growing my business as a life coach. In fact, last week I attended a business meeting and they were like, oh yeah, you just get up for 45 seconds and tell what you do as a life coach. And I was like, this is very nerve wracking. And so I was, why was it nerve wracking? Because I had this belief, I might suck at this. I'm going to mess this up. So of course that created self-doubt for me. And as I was going through and processing that fear, allowing it to be there, 
then I decided, oh yeah, that's right. It's because I didn't define what success looked like for me. So for me in that moment, success looks like showing up, speaking, being in full service to anybody that's there. And if I do that, I know that I have achieved the success that I defined for myself. Another question that has just changed everything for me, especially around failure, because I'm like, oh, I might fail. Now I ask myself when I feel like I've failed, but what did you learn? This has shifted everything because there's so much information. Whenever I do have a fail, there's so much information there to be able to understand what can I do differently next time? Where did I not have the required action to be able to get the result that I wanted? Okay, let me work on that. One of my other favorite questions is after I do my little venting session about like what my brain is going off on drama about all of these things and what I'm making it mean about me, all of that story that I'm telling, after I get it out, especially on paper, I love this question. So what? Like you got diagnosed with kidney disease when you were 31 years old? So what? Now, I say it out of a place of love for myself, not judgment. And so I think that really you have to be thinking about that too. But so what? Like, what do I want to make that mean? Do I want to make that mean that something has gone terribly wrong in my life? At one point, I did make that mean that. That was my story that I was telling about it. Sometimes I still do tell that story. There's nothing wrong with it. But what do I want to make all of these facts mean? I am in charge of writing that story. And then a couple other questions I'll leave you with is what kind of a person am I now? And what kind of a person am I in the future? Because when I determine and define to myself who I am, I'm the kind of person that journals. I'm the kind of person that plans out her day. I'm the kind of person that fill in the blank. It helps me to step into that role, even sometimes when I'm not sure if I can or not. And then finally, the last question I will leave you with is, what do you desire? Because when you answer that question of what it is that you truly desire, you're going to tell the most interesting story. So I can't wait to hear what your stories are. If you have been having a hard time trying to get out of the rut of a story that you've been telling, maybe it's about your diagnosis. Maybe it's about a family relationship. Maybe it's about your relationship with your money. Any of those things, bring them to coaching. I would love to coach you around those things and to help you to see how you have the power to tell any story that you want to about those things. All right, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.